Hello and welcome to the So Talks Apod. Hey, on you this got it. Lovely Sunday <laughs> evening. I almost tripped over. For once. Yep. Uh, yeah, Scott here with uh, Toby on my side, friendly. Uh, yeah. Doing it from the kitchen table for the first time. That's weird. It is. Um, how are you doing, Toby? Yeah, I'm good. Um, it was a nice weekend, to be honest. It was a bit of a hectic last week, just uh, organizing a few things um, and uh, working. So, no, it was, it was good having some time for myself, um, uh, organizing my move. And, uh, yeah, no, good to, good to have time off. And then, yeah, refreshing to go back tomorrow. How about I, yourself? The weekend was a total gift to me because uh, recently Prime uploaded all Harry Potter movies to uh to prime including uh fantastic beasts and where to find it part oh, one indeed. yeah so there's nine movies out there right now ready to be watched and uh yeah we we transformed our living room into a bit of like a uh 10 year old's paradise i would call it yeah. laying out all our guest mattresses in a way which makes it the most cozy and put all our blankets there and had just uh yeah our own little movie at home so that's been a real good blast the last couple of yeah. days, uh, and then uh, yeah, today was was nice with a uh, with a good race in Formula One that yeah. kind of uh, set off the the afternoon and evening. I gotta say, your living room looks awesome, and I'm kind of jealous that I've been sleeping here for like a month and the one night you transformed <laughs> the living room into like a movie watching cave with a TV projector. Is <laughs> the one that I'm like, oh, I might as well go home and pack all my things. To be fair, we also ch- changed it about an hour after you left on Saturday <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Because we're like, yeah, we're definitely going to do this. So, uh, and we were all kind of hungover a little bit on 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 Saturday uh, after or not. Right, we spent a Friday night visiting the infamous uh, <laughs> Athena Christmas Market. <laughs> that, according to many sites, uh, is listed as one of the most beautiful across Europe, perhaps the world. Um, I guess that's why people know Aachen, not for any other reason. Yeah, not Charlemagne. Uh, no, no, or Alexander de Gouza. Yeah. Uh, just, just the Christmas market. Well, we we uh, we went into town, and when we arrived, the Christmas market had been closed for half an hour. So I kind of summarized our evening, and we uh, spent our frustrations uh, or drowning them rather in a the one bar that I had found there, where luckily cocktails were half well, off. Honestly, it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't regret not seeing the Christmas market in full blast because to be completely honest, kind of walking in there with the expectation of, hey, I'm going to see one of the best Christmas markets in Europe, which mind you, we don't have from a credible source. We have from Scott Zagskull, who's told us, who called herself a Christmas market um, connoisseur, was it? Or an assessor? So. Yes. yes. Um, going into it, expecting, you know, something like the best one I've, I'd ever seen. I'm like, okay, walking in there, it's like, well, this, this hasn't got shit on that. <laughs> Come on. My first impression was actually kind of disappointing because um, I'm used to prices in Bonn at the Christmas market yeah. whenever we go. And we pay about, I think, five euro for a mug or like 250 for the mug itself that you get back when you return it and 250 for the drink. Yeah. Um, well, in Aachen, that was all doubled. Yeah. It was five euro for the mug and five euro for the drink. So we would have gone broke. So I'm very happy it was closed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think I'll not be planning to get drunk there. So only no, to kind not. of do it, just to see it. And I, I gotta say, it was nice. You know, I mean, we, we might be making it sound like it, everything it, was closed, Toby. It was closed. Plus everything they, was boarded they had up. Nice little lights up in the trees. Okay. Yeah, but they're they're irrelevant to the Christmas market. No, that, that's like eighty percent of what the Christmas market is about is having like little wood houses that are decorated. Yeah, but they were nice. boarded shut. Yeah, but you know, if they hadn't been, it would have been very nice. <laughs> I guess. 
Um, Boarded wooden huts coming to you since 1940. Mm -mm. Yeah, so uh, we had a good Friday evening as alternative plans. Um, <laughs> and we, we took the, what are they called, the Lime scooters into town, which was the first time I'd been on them since Prague. Like 2018, 2019, and something like that. I finally got to race someone on them. And we haven't <laughs> yeah. been able to go go-karting in yeah. like two months. So we've just been trying to organize it. Uh, but this has been, this was epic. This yeah. was epic. Um, 18 kilometers an hour going up a little hill. 22 was my top speed. Yeah. And we both managed to <laughs> beat our ankles bloody. Yeah, because Toby and I weren't satisfied with the um, the powertrain and the and the vehicle, so we decided to to boost our performance by trying to pedal along with our feet, which did get us to twenty top speed, but also ruined our ankles. Yeah. Um, I wanted to highlight by coming into the final straight that led to my house where we were staying. Um, I managed to overtake Toby on an inside corner, literally using Formula One strategy of just slipstream and then taking the inside. And it yeah. worked out. Per I was I was amazed because you didn't let off the clutch of, of the throttle. And yeah, I thought you had. <laughs> I was a bit surprised because I didn't think you were going that much faster than me. I had such a speed advantage and we were going slightly uphill too. So that that is something we're going to have to repeat. Yeah, and I do wonder if it, if it was wind resistance or if it was something about the center of gravity that you took because you were lower down. I did, I did like sit down on my ass on the scooter almost and like yeah. hid behind the handlebars. The weird thing is because I was, I was, um, how do we call it, pedaling? You know, I was, I was kicking at the same time. Yeah. You would think that you'd be quicker with that than just laying down because you weren't kicking, you weren't giving, boosting yourself. So I, I really don't know. It's quite what made up the actual speed difference. Maybe but. we should set up an experiment and and put up measurements as well. Maybe like attach devices to us and do it yeah. again. Yeah, trigonometry. Science uh, yeah. and things. Anyway, um, getting to uh, the final race of this uh, triple header in Formula One. Yeah. Uh, three exciting weeks behind us now. And this weekend was pretty exciting from start to finish, to be honest, because uh, coming out of the free practice sessions, Bottas had been very fast the first couple. And then Hamilton put up absolutely domination of a performance uh, in qualifying as well as in the race. Really, there was nothing related. Yeah. He, he did a perfect job in the race for yeah. sure. He, he and in qualifying, he put up an insanely fast lap. I mean, um, yeah, the rest of the race, maybe you want to take us into especially what like what came out of qualifying and then also the big shock before the race started. Yeah, yeah. So, the interesting thing after qualifying was, uh, you know, it, it was um, uh, Hamilton versus Stephen Bottas, which is a fairly standard, uh, followed by Gasly then Alonso, which was less standard. Um, so everyone was expecting, you know, the start to be kind of the thing. And then um, Hamil uh, Verstappen, starting from the dirty side of the track, would have a harder time. But it, it never came to that because um, uh, Pierre Gasly lost his front right tire, I want to say, maybe yes. front left uh, in, in uh, qualifying in the last session, um, creating uh, yellow flags throughout the track, which um, a few of the drivers, Bottas, Verstappen and Sainz, um, didn't see or didn't respectfully enough. So they got penalties. Now, the interesting thing that traded is that it pushed uh, both Bottas and Verstappen and Sainz, but we can disregard. No, actually not Sainz. He didn't get the final No, nope, he did not. Um, uh, back on the track. To so, cut in there real quick, the yeah. difference in the penalties was um, Verstappen was finishing his quality lap, I think, after Bottas um, and, or, or before Bottas, whichever way. But uh, the yellow flag, it turned into a double yellow flag at one point. So the difference between those two Bottas ended up getting a three uh, grid penalty and uh, Verstappen a five grid penalty. Yeah. Um, 
because Verstappen hit the double double yellow flag and and disregarded it essentially, yeah, which was really unclear and kind of yeah. kind of a tough call, really. Yeah, but it's good because they've been ruling like this uh, pretty much this entire season and last, and it's good that they that they continued. It it was the matter of the fact that both drivers um, disregarded the yellow flag, whether it was one or two, and it's good that they got the penalty. It's strictly defined too, yeah. so that's fair. Um, but yeah, to then summarize the race a bit. Um, well, let's get into the, what oh, the uh, starting positions were. What was the actual? Uh, yeah, so Bottas started in sixth, Verstappen in seventh. Uh, uh, Sergio Perez notably started in eleventh uh, because he didn't have a good qualifying. Um, so it was all honestly, it was all up for Mercedes to take it, you know. And the cool thing was with the penalties that Gasly was pushed into P two mm-hmm. and Alonso into P three. Alonso yeah. was forty something years old at this point, and last time he finished on the podium was I think twenty thirteen. Uh, no, 2014, sorry, a while ago. in Hungary. And, uh, well, yeah. yeah. McLaren in 2014? Yep. In Hungary, yeah. No, with the Ferrari. Was he still Ferrari I think so, yeah. Right, because uh, Vers- uh, uh, was, Vettel was still... It was Verstappen's debut season at Toro Rosso. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so so it was a really interesting starting, uh, especially at the front of the grid, because there was a lot of new faces there that, you know, aren't there that often. And, yeah, let's get to the start of the race and yeah. how the race progressed. Um, yeah, really started the race. Hamilton did everything right. Got away clean. Uh, no trouble at all. Behind him, they were starting to fight. Um, what made Verstappen's race is he had a fantastic start going up into fourth and then just making his way through the field. He was in second place by lap. I, yeah, I don't want to lie, but like by lap four or five yeah, or something like it that. Was, it was crazy. Quickly, um, which was hugely impressive and honestly is damage limitation as best as they can. And then he didn't have the speed to reach uh, Hamilton at any point. Hamilton had a cruise to a victory. Um, still masterclass from him, you know, just keeping it up, ever, ever increasing, ever getting further away from Verstappen. Um, but Perez really made his way through the field yep. as well. And Bottas and my, my French here got fucked. Um, he didn't have a good start. He went down to 11th or so at, uh, at the start, then took a, took a sweet time making his way up the field. They kept him out there long on mediums uh, for a one stop. He got a puncture, had to, go, uh, had to come in, um, went back to like 13th. And then just retired from the race. So, um, and Perez, by the end of the race, made his way up to fourth. Um, only the only one he wouldn't be overtaking in the end was Alonso, who made his way to third. Which and it's obviously really nice for Alpine and Alonso. If there was two more laps in the race, then he would have probably. Oh, for him. sure. Or if Alcon hadn't defended as well. Alcon, I, I heard in the post race discussion, um, the estimate was that he cost Perez about two to three seconds, really? which is the distance. Paris finished away from Alonso yeah. in the end like with the three VSC. and a half seconds. Yeah, I th- really because Ocon he kind of went by him pretty quickly, but then Ocon challenged him again and tried to. Yeah, but he take. got him really off off his pace for a few corners. Oh. yeah, I don't know if what it's accurate. You know, yeah, if Ocon so. says it, of course he's he might be you know over extending his own role, but you know even then without the VSC. Um, and without this, Perez would have had Alonso, I'd be quite sure. Meaning the final podium of the race, Hamilton won, Verstappen got into second. Which is as good as he, he could have He also got for. the fastest lap. Yeah. And Alonso finished P3, which was just a real good, feel-good moment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, overall, really good race. And the cool thing is uh, Hamilton beat Max by seven points, uh, according to the race standings. But as Max, Six points. But as Max gets the fastest lap ah. point... The difference essentially that Hamilton makes up is six points leading Verstappen to still be in the lead by, I think, eight points currently in the Drivers' Championship with two races to go. Uh, but the outcome of the team results um, was such that Bottas didn't finish and Perez managed to get all the way to fourth. 
that Red Bull managed to gain some points on Mercedes, leaving yeah. them only five points behind each other now. Mercedes ahead yeah. of Red Bull. Which I mean, is insane. Both are very, very close. Two races to the finish and both championships yep. are divided by five and six points respectively is incredible. Five and eight. Five and eight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah of course. But bad. still, very, like, one race worth, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's great. Honestly, the, the finale will be pretty damn cool. They will. I will say the advantage is in Mercedes's corner with the high-speed tracks coming up, but Red Bull beat Mercedes in Abu Dhabi last year. Yeah. And which then, was the first time in, in I think, forever. The next race is Saudi Arabia, which is, you know, new. New. So that'll be another curveball. But Mercedes, also high-speed track, Mercedes is expected to be favorite. But what people were predicting today as well, the commentators were that they would almost expect the two of them to come on um, uh, in a tie into the final race, like the driver championship, wow. because it's likely that Hamilton won next race. And then probably there's a chance that he gets fast Fastest lap. lap yeah. And then he gets eight, eight points, assuming Verstappen gets second yeah. on him, which that would be an epic final. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot to look forward to in these last few weeks. And yeah. then the Drive to Survive series coming in, what, January or February will be amazing. Yeah, I hope they do it justice this year. I, I really thought they didn't do it, didn't do it too well last year, uh, focusing on rivalries that weren't there instead of the actual stuff that was going on yeah that's if they, but if they pulled it like they pulled the first season it'd be awesome you know race by race really following them around that'd be fantastic you know well what i'm really looking forward to there as well is that um the uh race that mclaren won was it monza yeah yeah they were, uh, with, McLaren, they were yeah. with so the, the netflix series comes into each garage every weekend a different one and they were in mclaren's garage that so they had more access so there's going to be so much great footage yeah. uh, coming out of that area there so psyched about that also i thought um shout out to mick schumacher i thought he did a good job today he did he finished like 16 yeah and and for the for the longest of times before there was anybody out he was keeping his he was really battling with giovanazzi and he was yeah. keeping like two <laughs> seconds on him which is like really good considering yeah. the car difference yeah it didn't hold up eventually but if you compare him to his teammate who admittedly had a lot of struggles this weekend and did not drive a lot because the car was shit like shit 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 yeah He's, yeah, he missed FP2, right? Yeah, he only drove 10 laps before quali. Yeah. So, like, he had a bad, he had bad luck, but wow, he, but, I the mean, difference. he finished a minute behind his Mick teammate. Schumacher. Yeah, yeah. Right? Not a minute behind the start of the field, not a minute behind the first time they got lapped, a minute behind his teammate. Meaning he almost got lapped by, by his teammate, which, it, which yeah. in the same car, it's yeah. not good. It's no. not good. But he has a seat next year, so who knows? Maybe he will uh, prove himself then. Maybe. King Mazaspin for the win. Yeah. That'd be something, wouldn't it? Um, no, but I agree. Schumacher did a great job this weekend. Um, and it'll bolster, bolster his confidence, maybe going into the final two uh, tracks as well and then going into next year. I mean, look, I'm we're, we're German from, from the Schumacher area. You know, I'm, I'd love to see the Schumacher name back up there, you know? It'd be fun. It'd be great. I'll have to switch track. Like, the plan, I think, for him is going to go to, what, like, Alpha or something next if he's if he proves himself in the Haas enough, maybe. And uh, but then I guess like and Bottas probably won't stay forever in the Alpha. Then that seat could open up soon. Yeah, well, Bottas speaking, is a two-year. Yeah, contract. but you know, in two years, yeah, who knows? Um, but speaking of Alpha Romeo, they have finally announced their driver lineup for next season. Yeah, uh, that, that happened about a week ago, and poor Antonio Giovinazzi, Italian Jesus, as he's also referred to will not be in Formula One as of next year. It will be 
Guang Yingzhou. Guang Yingzhou, yeah. Is his name uh, ch- the first ever Chinese Formula One driver? Yeah. Uh, so that goes hand in hand with uh, the F1's overall strategy of wanting to expand in China. Um, uh, he brings big sponsorship with him and is just a like cool up and coming talent. So I'm excited yeah. to see about that because he can probably learn a lot from Bottas. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of discussion on, okay, was this the right call? Shouldn't they have kept Giovinazzi? But personally, I agree that Giovinazzi had a fantastic second half of the season this year. But let's be real as well. Ever since Ericsson was kicked out and he came in, which was, I think, the continuity there, he's, he's been an alpha. This is his third year yeah. alpha. And he hasn't done much he, in the past years, you know. And he's been consistently okay, but, you know, and, and yeah, he's been kept in the team through the Ferrari connection. But let's be, let's be honest, I don't think until the second half of the season, he didn't start, he, he hasn't performed to the level that he needed to, to be really realistically kept in there, um, aside from the Italian heritage, you know. It, and It seems to me that, uh, he was, he's very good in qualifying. He has a pace and it, he's, he's showed that this season also by getting several P7s, mm-hmm. like, which were like, he's tied his best in like quality. And I think through penalties, he's uh, a couple races, even moved yeah. higher. He's not been able to hold it because his race performance is never that great. I don't have a huge impression of him the second half of this season, personally, because mm-hmm. I thought the first half was okay. And then I was like, oh, maybe maybe something will happen. Maybe it was a bias because then I started paying attention and my expectations were too high. But I feel as well, he hasn't, in three years, the level of performance and and, and, and competitiveness of the, I mean, the amount of drivers that are reserved right now, like DeFries, yeah. Daniel Kvyat. I mean, there's so, Alex Album just luckily got his seat again, right? By yeah. a huge miracle that he's switching, like, driver kind Which of associations. Also a Honestly, um, in my opinion, a great choice for Williams. Oh, absolutely! They want a young talent next to Latifi. Who? Let's not let's not forget Latifi's season this year. No one expected him to do, to be good at all. And I'd say, just like performance wise, he's been roughly equaling Giovinazzi in impressiveness. Oh uh, yeah, not not great. Uh, maybe a bit higher. Not great, but yeah. like better than anyone expected. Better than his pedigree from the last years. And no one's talking about that because he's quote unquote a paid driver, and you know. So is Norris. Let's be real here. And, yeah, but then you know, Norris like, has done a lot more. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I think Guan Yu Zhou gets a lot of shit for bringing in Chinese money. But let's not forget, he's in contention for the F2 title. He'd be joining joining the ranks of, of Russell with that, you know, with that sort of like winning, uh, Schumacher winning, winning F2 and then going into F1. I don't think he's yeah, but... there just on, on money's sake. Like, unlike... Uh, you know, Nikita Mazepin. <laughs> no one's there like Nikita Mazepin, yeah. though. The I, thing is, they all have to, like, what you have to bear in mind with the, the terminology of paid drivers in Formula One is that they can essentially buy buy themselves in, buy, buy, because most most uh, Formula One drivers come from a very wealthy background. You need a lot of funding growing up, going through the karting and then the junior leagues, the single race seats, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, it costs you a fucking fortune. So usually it's the elite, the elite that can do it. Uh, therefore, there are people like Lance Stroll, for example, or Lauren Stroll, I think, is the driver, right? Um and oh, then, Lance Stroll is the, is the driver. Lance Stroll, Stroll is okay, the Lance Stroll's the driver. Uh, well, his dad bought a team, essentially, and, and then bought out Aston Martin. And now <laughs> there's the Aston Martin team, and his son is driving for it. Yeah. Uh, he's been pretty good, though, I think. He's done an okay job. Same as Norris, who his, his salary ah, is you essentially... You can't compare Norris. No, 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 no. I'm not comparing. Not I'm saying they 
they get the they get the you know they get the stick of being so-called paid yeah. drivers but they've I, in a way earned to keep their spot at the least yeah though i'd say stroll's season this year hasn't been great no that's true last year was pretty good if stroll wasn't involved with the team monetarily as he is i think they'd be seriously considering yeah. taking him off but because he is they're not considering it like that um which is something to contend with but he's still a capable driver you know he got that p4 in his rookie season i think in baku and he had that fantastic drive in Turkey last year. This season just hasn't been great for Aston Martin, to yeah, be fair. It's yeah. just, and that's not reflected fin- well on him either. Stroll finished like six. Yeah, he had a good finish. Uh, Shout out to him. Today, yeah. uh, who, who else are paid drivers? So Guangyi Zhou is only considered a paid driver, not because his parents own his team or something. It's not it's, like he's... It's because... I don't think he's personally Because rich. people feel that the decision makers behind this decision of, of picking him over Giovinazzi was just because of the money, but essentially Ferrari, who sponsored Giovinazzi, were offered to match what yeah. Guangyu Zhou can bring in, and they declined to. So yeah. it's clear that to Ferrari, he's not worth that much, Giovinazzi yeah. uh, is. Because so I think it's totally Ferrari. fair, because like, yeah, everybody brings in sponsorship, so I actually don't think he deserves to be called a paid driver, yeah. personally. I, I don't think it's justified. Yeah. Because one, of, one of the interesting things is, I think Ferrari would have matched him had they not found a fantastic driver lineup this year. Mm-hmm. You know, they've just looked for, what, till 2025, who's clearly who they're gunning for. But I think even Ferrari was a bit surprised by just how fucking good science is doing for And them. how well they partner, too. Because yeah. that's something no one predicted. Because yeah. before that, both drivers wanted to be number one. Yeah. And they're both aiming to it. So it was like a collision course, yeah. essentially. But it, they've really done, a, like, I don't know, they seem very vibey but yeah. carlos Sainz again he, he's he's a great teammate he yeah. did it with norris they're still friends and play golf and everything and yeah. and, and honestly Sainz this year in my opinion by far the driver who adapted to the team shift the most or the the best you he's, know he's like, yeah one, remember he joined ferrari this year look at other drivers who joined their team this year they're they're all pretty much struggling or getting into into their game now science has been performing for ferrari almost the entire season I, from the level of expectation with Ferrari and how consistent he's been relative to that expectation, you could even consider putting him above Perez at Red Bull. Oh, I do. If, if but relative to the expectation, yeah. not just yeah. if you just go by performance and 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 outcome, then I still would have to put Perez above him because. Yeah, um, but P- Perez struggled way more, especially in the first mm-hmm. quarter to half of the season, uh, where Sainz was on it pretty much straight away. Uh, yeah, he had, you know, he didn't do great in Imola. No, I agree. He had with a few that. races where he didn't keep up with the clerk. But he's been scoring consistently for Ferrari, which you can see by the fact that Ferrari has clearly and easily overtaken McLaren now. Yeah. Where you have 40, Daniel 40 Ricciardo. points. 40 points. It's yeah. a big difference. Where you have Daniel Ricciardo. Actually, maybe Alonso also adapted as well as Sainz to the Alpine. But the Alpine is not as competitive as a car, so you don't really see it that much. Also, Alonso is a former world champion, so you might you might expect it. A bit He's known to get the most out of a car, yeah. so yeah. But you know, look at a look at a Danny Ricardo who um, has won a race and who's had a had a few very good finishes, but who struggled the entire first half of the season. Only really became became strong after the sum, after the summer break and has had three shit races as of now. Uh, look at a Sebastian Vettel, who yes had two second spots, one of them disqualified. Um, but you know, he hasn't been in Q3 in eight races, and yeah, he's been outperforming Stroll nine now. Nine now, no, he was in Q3. Oh, was he? And he finished 10th today, right? He he about 10th, he started 10th, right? Started 10th, and he had a terrible start, yeah, right. Um, 
uh, you know, look, him, who's a four-time world champion, who isn't adapting super well to the Aston Martin car, which also isn't as good a car. He also didn't adapt well to the Ferrari, though. Yeah. Well, when he first came into Ferrari, he did. But nah, anyways, look at a Perez who, you know, it took a long time to really get up to speed um, where he could consistently challenge. No, that's for a third. really, really good point. I agree. I fully agree. Um, Shout out. Yeah. And science. Yeah. He's put up some really good drives. Yeah. And I've been saying that science is a fantastic driver for a long time. Ever since him and Hockenberg were in, um, were in Renault, I, I really liked the guy because I thought he could, you know, he's, I think he's a, he's a very good package. You know, he, he's a strong defender. He's a strong uh, fighter. But he he's also, he, has, he has that, in my opinion, he has that thinking for yeah, the greater race. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. which you kind of see. Holistic approach. Yeah. 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 So that was F1, I guess. That was F1. Yeah. Lots Fun of, race. So two races to go. And uh, oh, yeah. I read today the Foo Fighters are going to be performing in Abu Dhabi. Hey. Final race. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's also funny how they're racing Qatar, middle of the desert, and... Oh, yeah, anytime they went over the AstroTurf, they put up a sandstorm. Uh, yeah, that was funny. But also just the people who attended. It's like they, they just attracted so many random celebrities of sorts and that, that just george lucas was there to george fucking lucas was david there. beckham was david there. beckham was it yeah come what i don't know um so it, it seems a bit fishy though i don't know the way that's being funded or all that so it was cool to see that um lewis hamilton he was wearing his uh he changed his helmet for the race or for this weekend yeah. He said he'd be wearing it for the entire... Probably for the final one. Yeah. And because in the Middle East, most of the countries ban or consider it a crime to be a homosexual or any homosexual activity. Uh, So he essentially painted his helmet the LGBTQ plus uh, colors to support and, you know, also spoke on it essentially Mm -hmm. during his interviews, which I thought was quite ballsy, frankly, because like there's... There's a lot of really important sheiks walking around that probably wouldn't approve of those comments. Uh, but at the same time, he's like shaking their hands and stuff. So uh, I'd be curious to see how that plays out in the next uh, few races, because I'm sure they don't love that. Uh, and I, I appreciate his, uh, his, his form of protest there, because it's very visible. Every camera shot, every whatever. So, Yeah. And just like um, Vettel did in Hungary, I think it's... It's an important way for the drivers to get out, you know, a message they want to get behind. Yeah. And, you know, you have plenty of drivers uh, speaking out for for things they support and, you know, their people as well. Remind and me what Vettel did? Uh, he also had an LGBTQ okay. plus a helmet in Hungary, Hungary with, you know, we remember the World Cup and the, um, the lights. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That wasn't too long ago. That wasn't too long ago, right? Yeah. It's- I mean, we had a, we had a world, was it a World Cup or a Euro Cup this year? It was a World Cup. I want to say it was a World Cup. Yeah, 2020 makes sense. Yeah. 2016. Yeah, it was a big, we no, had a big this year. Man, it was a big year. Euro? A big year in COVID. No, it was the Euros. It was, it was Euro Euros. 2020 and 2021. <laughs> and we have the Worlds next year. Yeah, it was Olympics 2020 and 2021. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that didn't make sense at all. Um yeah the fucking olympics 2021 that ruined my japan exchange fuckers fuckers oh man yeah those were interesting conditions too for the athletes i mean i heard a lot of interesting or i read a lot of interesting stories uh, about that all on facebook too 
most credible news source <laughs> where I get all my news from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but back to driver helmets, and it's I think it's really good because there's a lot of um, uh, connections that the Formula One uh, organization has with a variety of things. And then they do, you know, videos or these special events together where it's kind of directed and pre-programmed and they're asked to participate. But these are things that they can self be involved in and really help nurture and create. So it's probably a more like personal message. Uh, so I like that that hasn't been banned in any way, yeah. um, which I can feel, I fear that might be coming at some point though. The more countries get involved, I, there's a, you know, sense of, at least a risk of corruption it would be values. it would be really bad though if because they you know formula one is expressing their we racist one uh, message in in, a, in in the countries they go to and if they start tailoring that to the countries they race in i yep. think that'd be really bad i agree i i think the risk is just there and i hope they don't bend yeah. to that pressure yeah because it's really important um, and, you know, I, in my opinion, Formula One, you know, there's there's money and publicity and starship and all that. And, you know, and if a, if a Lawrence Stroll gets to buy a team and, you know, promote himself and his own his own image through it, then why shouldn't a Lewis Hamilton, why shouldn't a, uh, why shouldn't a Sebastian Vettel, if they want to support something uh, in the world, why shouldn't they be able to, to do that, you know? Fully agree. Fully and, agree. And plus, even if they go into that country, they're bringing that country so much revenue by going yeah. there. So they should be able to, yeah. you know, at least have their own little billboard for whatever message they want to spread up yeah so pray that continues pray hope <laughs> ah well what else uh, what else happened last week well there's something else that i wanted to mention that has been kind of sitting on where I, 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 it, it feels really weird okay. um um what when was this a year ago about in yeah during the end during this is why i know it but it was while the nba championship was taking place in orlando in the bubble and it had nothing to do with that but there was a player protest and that player protest happened because there was a black man that was shot by a police officer and there was no trial etc so there were um protests going on in kenosha wisconsin so this 17-year-old at the time kid called Kyle Rittenhouse um, decided to protect the stores from looting, was his story at least, and uh, put on medical operating gloves, carried an AR-15, which is a semi-automatic rifle. Um, I consider it to be a dangerous weapon. <laughs> I guess we'll get to that in a second. Uh, yeah, and he proceeded to, according to him, act in self-defense by shoot, targeting and shooting three people, two of which died. Uh, the other uh, managed to survive. Um, he was just spoken free of all charges. He was acquitted. There was nothing that stands on him. He will not be facing any punishment for these actions as he's, he was acting in self-defense. Um, I want to point out that it was very visible to me in this case, just from following it through the main news outlets and, and seeing the footage um, uh, of, of the case, which is, you know, available everywhere, how biased this, this case was and how biased this judge was, because the whole process of the trial 
he was not to be referred to as a terrorist or or or, or any kind of predator. He was to be referred to as the victim, as this was a case where he was talking about having used self-defense, which is absolutely sick. And uh, there was clear racial bias and jury picking, jury selection. Um, and just, it seems like gross negligence on the, on the just general court and from the judge. Uh, the AR-15 was not deemed a dangerous weapon, uh, which I don't know, it looks kind of ridiculous to me. It's, uh, it's a pretty badass weapon in the sense of it does a lot of damage. Um, and to, to, to know that this young kid met with the Proud Boys uh, what, a, a, a few days before his trial started is sickening. He's known to be linked to white supremacy and um, doesn't, doesn't sit well with me that this kind of stuff can still happen after last year's months of unrest. So I don't know. Uh, that was very humbling, I guess, in a way, because there's still a long way to go with That's, figuring out equality uh, properly. Yeah. I mean, as, uh, with that, for sure. Um, also with the case, as, as, as far as I'd understood it, um, this will now, yes, um, he, he was uh, not found not guilty for the five charges. Um, but, but as I understood, um, they, or at least the idea was to now bring the same charges in front of different courts. Um, I'm by far no law expert, but as I understood it, the court that he was now in front of wasn't the final one. They're, uh, they're oh. going to bring it up in, in different uh, law cases or whatever. Anyways, um, yeah, it's tough, you know, because you hear some of the arguments brought and, you know, um, uh, being attacked or being, being threatened in a situation is a subjective feeling. And of course, um, the interactions that were had um, and, and the general surrounding weren't, weren't ones that lent themselves to clear decision making yet at the same time, you know, this idea of walking through the streets, gun drawn for anyone involved is, is terrifying. I find, you know, it's, and it, it feeds into this entire idea of, you know, this, this like, if you can't be dangerous, then you're not choosing to be a pacifist. Uh, you're choosing to be harmless, you know, be dangerous, be armed. Um, yeah, I just don't understand uh, the thought process behind it. I just don't understand, or, well, I, I guess I, I recognize, but I don't, yeah, I find it a pity that it's that disappointing you that your own danger to other people is something to be defining yourself by, you know, and that your own ability to, uh, to hurt and do unwell um, is what you end up choosing over, uh, you know, argumentation and conflict resolution. And I think we're just ever, we're just inching closer and closer to the point where lines are drawn in the sand, uh, which is not a representation, in my opinion, of, of what the world is like, you know, uh, black and white, for, for lack of a better term, isn't, isn't where morale lies, you know, it never has. And as much communication, as much thought process as you want to put into it from, from ancient philosophy up until the current day, um, yeah, it was never this easy. And it's good that there was a trial and it's good that it was talked about. Um, 
But as you bring up the Proud Boys, it is a shame that we find ourselves in, in a society, in a position and situation where people can look at this and go, well, we choose to now hate. We choose to be against this. We choose to be violent um, rather than choosing to accept the fact that life is tough and then we're all in it together and then we should be looking into making it better for each and one uh, each one of us yeah and especially by i think the the one word that you said or the two words that you said that really stick out there or the conflict resolution why do why do some people feel that the way to resolve something is by ending someone's life like i don't i don't get it i don't understand <laughs> This is a really bad point to laugh. There was just something funny in the background. Um, but it's, I don't know, conflict resolution. I think it's something important that we have to um, keep in mind and especially to teach early that that's one of the most important things because that leads to, in the end, always loving your people and yeah. that you won't harm each other. Do you know, I think, I think a big part of it is it's so, and hear me out on this, it's so nice to feel righteous fury, you know? People like being angry about something and people like being angry about the right thing, you know? Oh no, the others are doing it so wrong and I'm angry about this and I'm, I'm gonna go out and be angry about it. It feels so right, but it's so easy to fall into it. And it's rarely the right solution. Trick, um, trick to that, whenever you feel that way, go boxing. Yeah. Box the shit out of one of oh, those sacks hanging from um, the ceiling. I was thinking about starting boxing. <laughs> oh, nice, yeah. nice. And if you do kickboxing, you can even kick people in the wanna, face. I don't want to kick people. Using self-defense. I mean, I don't want to punch anyone. Um, weird thing to say after uh, saying, oh, I might, I might start boxing. Um, yeah, that's why you start boxing, because mm -hmm. you want to punch bags. Yeah. I mean, I want to do it for, you know, cardio and that sort of stuff. But anyways. Yeah. Okay. Conflict resolution. Conflict boxing. resolution. That's a good solution. You know. Nice. Nice. Anyway, draw attention to that. Um, yeah, what else has been going on? Truly so many things. Truly so many things. <laughs> We're running out of things. Just buying time. <laughs> By trying to uh, think of things. I don't know. There's not much to say, but I think... Okay, uh, we open Reddit and we talk about the first thing that shows up in popular. That's a good idea. And in the meantime, after that, we will be doing our now usual session of reading a random trip advisor review <laughs> okay good thing i good thing i learned about that at the point of the recordings well that's the point of unscripted <laughs> so the first thing here is on r slash today i learned um today i learned that in 2007 warren buffett bet a hedge fund manager that the s p 500 would beat a portfolio of hedge funds over 10 years the s p has returned 85 percent the hedge funds returned 22 percent scott you're a business student and now business person. Tell me what that means. I mean, I know what returns are. Could you repeat it? Warren Buffett bet a hedge fund manager that the S&P 500 would beat a portfolio of hedge funds. Over 10 years, the S&P 500 had returned 85%. The hedge funds had returned 22%. For wow. Our for our listeners, the podcast had not stopped. Scott was just reading. 
but would have been funny. <laughs> and then it was four times as good, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Are you finding a TripAdvisor thing? I'm trying to find funny reviews. Maybe that wasn't the best thing to Google. Maybe that wasn't the best thing to not prepare. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not funny if you prepare them. Oh, my internet's just slow, that's why. Okay. <laughs> I think we're going to prepare this a bit better for next week and call this podcast here. <laughs> Unless you find something really funny in the next five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. And good Peace night, ladies and gentlemen. All right. It's it been a pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> it was a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I hope it was a pleasure to listen to. And um, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.